Work History is an informative and fun deep dive into the workers behind the professions. I'm your host, Cassie Townsend, a jackhead of all trades. We'll cover the ins and outs of jobs, careers, and the daily grind that led professionals to where they are and where they're going. On today's show, we're going to talk with a senior field clinical specialist by the name of Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm perfect in every way. Aw, Kyle Matkin, welcome to Work History. I've got some questions for you. Okay. Yeah, that's why you're here. Oh, yeah. Interviewing. Totally right. I totally forgot about the questions. (laughs) Yeah. Your job title is Senior Field Clinical Specialist. Yes. What does that mean? So, what I do is I work for a medical device company. Um, and basically, I help to teach the physicians and the staff of the cardiac cath lab and the surgical area how to use our devices. And I also use my experience to explain how to go through procedures that they're not too familiar with. Cardiac cath lab, meaning the heart catheter laboratory. Right. right. That's exactly right. So it's like exactly oh the basics of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to understand because I don't have any expertise in the medical yeah. field whatsoever. So basically the cardiac... I mean, I'm really smart because I interviewed a pathologist for oh. the first episode. So you don't I, I know everything about that now. Oh. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> but um, um, so I'd like to learn more about what you do. So okay. Senior. That senior. means you're uh, more knowledgeable than the juniors. Yeah, well, and that's that's correct. So when you I've been with the company since it started 4 years ago, a little more than 4 years ago. Okay. Uh so I started out as basically the baseline field clinical specialist, but we didn't even have promotions at that point in time. Like we didn't even have levels. Yeah. And so because I've been with them more than 4 years, they moved me up to senior field clinical specialist. Now wow. next year, when I hit my 5th year, I'll be an executive field clinical specialist. Oh, right. Oh my so gosh. it's basically here, here's the name. We're not going to pay you more, but oh. here, here you go. Oh, yeah. they don't pay right. you more for yeah. it? Like, I would... It's like stripes on a military uniform. Okay. That's another thing that I don't know anything about. <laughs> um, all right, field. What, yeah. what is that portion of your title? What does so, that mean? So basically field meaning that I go out and I explain things out in the field versus staying in the office. So I actually go out in the field, work directly with the physicians, the staff, it's not in an actual field. It's with. No. It's at other clinical facilities. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Anywhere they'll listen to me. Do they have daisies and um, uh, 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 dandelions? Or Edelweiss? Yeah. Nope. There's nope. none of that. Okay. None of that. So no but fields. I do love that, though. Yeah. If they would let me do that as my job, I would do that every day. <laughs> okay. Um, clinical. So, right. So clinical meaning that that's my expertise. Um, so... I am not in sales, although I've done sales before, but being the clinical part, I basically talk about all the medical, the physiological, uh, any of the functions that deal with what they're doing to the patient. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And specialist, because you know what you're talking about. Right. That's it. I, I almost know what I'm talking about. Almost. Mostly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So when you're out there in the field uh, talking to people about stuff, do they ever stump you with questions? Uh, yeah. There are times when when it, re- when it regards to clinical data at times. You know, the physicians, surprisingly, know quite a bit a lot about their field. They know a lot. I mean, I would hope so. Color me flabbergasted. 
kale supremes. Yeah, I would hope they would. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes they'll literally, you know, and and it's all about testing you about what you know as well. Mm. It's also about being humble. It's mm. like, look, if if I don't know, I'm not going to act like I know. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. because all that's going to do is just screw me over with the docs, and I don't right. want that. So. Right. You don't want that. No. Okay. Um, so let's go back in time mentally. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and what did five-year-old Kyle want to be when he grew up? Oh, okay. So I, five-year-old me was, um, I would say I idolized my brother at that time. And my brother was a cowboy. And Ooh. so he was a bull rider and he rode Bronx. And so... Being that he was my earliest influence, that's definitely what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a cowboy. He wanted to be a cowboy. Now he rode Bronx. Uh, what did what? How much older was he? So my you? brother, my brother's thirteen years older, and my sister's fifteen years older. Okay, so when you were five, they were eighteen and, yeah, and whatnot. Okay, yeah. so um, was he bull riding? Like, mm-hmm. and he was just. Uh, staying on for eight seconds. Oh, and... no, rarely, rarely. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. He, he was more of the, uh, I would say, the moderate bull rider. Okay. The, you know, he, right. rolled, he rode five bulls for a total of eight seconds. Oh, great. So, yeah. Yeah, that's and, pretty uh, good, I would think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's good. all about quantity, I guess. Right. You know, quantity <laughs> right. versus quality. I have also rode bull, bulls for five have seconds. You, have you? Yeah. Real yeah. big bulls? Jerks. Oh. Uh, bull-headed. Oh. Ah! I see where you went with that. Yeah, that's, uh, it was that's just a joke, though. Swift. Um, yeah, they usually are. So, <laughs> um, the bull riding—you didn't, uh, you didn't want to be a clown. You wanted to be like a big tough cowboy, like your no. I, the clowning came later. So okay. the clowning came later. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I definitely did up until he actually strapped me on the back of a cat. Oh, and then, you run over the baby cat? Yeah, he actually tied me down to it. Oh, my gosh. And he let me go. And oh, I, my gosh. I instantly slid underneath the cat. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah, which explains my brain damage. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, it was, it was, it was true. Oh, well, it was, it, it, that was the thing. It was like, what, what can we do to pass the time? Oh, I know. <laughs> We're going to strap my little brother to a Yes. Little baby calf. Absolutely. Watch them both. And then if if I wasn't doing that, then I was the calf that they would rope. So you know they would be like, "Run!" Hog tied you. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. This was. These are the things that you do in a little town called Kaufman, Texas. Oh right, we're in Texas. That's correct. That's right. Um, So, listener, I have not told you this, but I travel all over the country all year long for work. And that's why I wanted to create this podcast is a way for me to connect with the people that I'm traveling to and get to know them a little bit more. And so uh, I am here at in Texas for the Texas Renaissance Festival, and I'm only performing for two weekends. I actually did my two weekend stint, and I happen to know Kyle from Sherwood Forest and my cat is really wanting to jump up here. I've never had my cat in an interview room before, so this is all new for everybody. She's doing a great job, though. Oh yeah, I so can't much. believe she. I can't. Where did you get the little cat headphones? <laughs> That's amazing. You can get everything on the internet. Um. Anyway, uh, so we're in Texas, and uh, and I know that's where I know Kyle from is Texas. That's right from uh, Sherwood Forest Fair. 
in Austin, but we're both in Houston right now. So yes, that's really cool. Um, that gets us back on track to cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> All right. Um, after being a cowboy, when you realize, nope, that's not for me, then well, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I had a fascination with Casey Kasem. Ooh. And Dick Clark. Yeah. Uh, not at, not like in a weird, sick way. Like that, uh, they're attractive people, but that's not where I was going with that. Okay, that's not I a was, weird, sick way, by the way. Don't yuck anybody else's yeah, young. Ex- well, that's if true. That's their, not if that's a, their jam, that's true. and then that's their jam. That was, don't yuck it. Yeah, I'm you know? not yucking it. I re- yeah. I I retract that. Okay. Great. Um. So yes, out of respect, I retract that totally. Thank you. Yes. Because I don't edit these. And apologies. Um, <laughs> okay. But no, uh, I had a loved music. I've loved music since I was a little kid. And so mm-hmm. it was that fascination with being, you know, Casey Kasem. Yeah, you know? yeah. Put your yeah. feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Ah! I mean, I totally wanted to, I totally, totally wanted to do that. And so through time, like, sort of almost kind of like what I worked up to. Because by the time I got into my high school years, I started to really like, I wanted to do it, you know. And I started, wow. I, I started really... I don't want to go too far because you probably got questions that may lead up to this. I mean, you can say whatever you want to. I'll circle back and cross out. And yeah, I, I just, I'm I was really working. good on the fly. I was working in a bowling alley. In and, a bowling uh, alley? Yeah, I, I was, was that your first job? No, my first job was flipping burgers at McDonald's. Okay. Mine, my, not my official first job, but my official paid first job was also at McDonald's. Yeah, it's like. Uh, I never flipped burgers, though. I had my the polyester. Did. I had the polyester mm-hmm. outfit. So mm-hmm. it was in the paper hat. What color were your shirts? Green. Yeah, mine green. was green, too. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. That polyester. 90s. All I thought is if I caught on fire, how it would just melt to my skin. <laughs> and how yeah. was, that's all over. Yeah. But my then, mom was electrocuted once. Oh, gosh. <laughs> at McDonald's. Oh. Not in a, like a really bad way, just like a little bit. Uh because you know you got to wear those really big thick sold yeah. shoes. Yes. Thank goodness she was wearing those, and uh, she grabbed the fry cart. So usually the fry cart is attached, but yeah. you got to pull it out every once in a while yes. to clean the grease yeah, traps. And she was she loved the night shift. She loved the midnight. Nobody's coming through. She was an agoraphobic who worked at McDonald's. <laughs> Fucking what? Anyway, <laughs> uh, like the most social place, but she wanted the night shift yeah. so she did and in that uh just one time she was moving the fry cart and it was still attached and plugged in and got a little zip oh my god yeah thankfully she didn't use both hands oh. and it was just the one so Oof. it went right into her you know shoes and Ugh. it was all it was like oh that was warm yeah that was yeah. good let me do it again <laughs> no no <laughs> um yeah so okay Back to back to what we were talking about. Yeah. So your first job was flipping burgers, but you were about to say you worked in a bowling alley. I did. So I actually, when did you do that? When did so you work in a bowling So it was my next job. Alley? It was actually the following job after McDonald's. How and old I, were you? Oh, I was uh, 17. Wow. And, uh, okay. Yeah. And, and literally, they were opening a brand new bowling alley in Beaumont, uh, which is where I grew up, Beaumont, Texas. And uh, it was all digital, like all of the new, you know, computerized lanes and all of that. And... I'd heard the job. I wanted to, you know, work the job. So I was a porter, you know, where you went down and you kind of clean the lanes and all of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But a radio station, or the radio stations had a leak. And so when they came in, when they came in, guess who jumped on the mic? Yeah. I juiced it up. 
And, I'm sure uh, you did. And so the pro, one of the program directors for an AM station, an AM affiliate uh, in town, was like, hey, come come in, fill out an application, and you can work the night shift. And so that's what I started doing, is working the night shift and playing ABC News. Wow. Um, and then I eventually moved over to the FM affiliate, where I knew nothing about country music. So, you know, I was playing Jeff or George Whitley and Keith Strait and uh, Garth Brooks. <laughs> and uh yeah everything came over like yeah i don't know who's coming on next timmy oh, Wynette. No. Oh, um, no. yeah so i i learned but i yeah. you know i got into doing top 40 so mm-hmm. i moved over to doing top 40 and i actually was playing i was actually playing casey Kasem's top 40 because wow. it was all on records and so you play these different records oh wow and then they finally gave me my own shift uh, it was at night midnight but i that's what i was doing for a while until i got fired so, cool. Yeah. I also worked, we have very similar work histories because oh. I also worked at um, an AM radio station and an FM radio station. My AM radio station was when I was in college. Both of them were in college. Yeah. But um, I worked at WKYK, 940 AM. Nice. Uh, and it was the local Burnsville radio station, Burnsville, right. North Carolina. We had one stoplight. And I can't say Burnsville, North Carolina without saying an accent. <laughs> I It just, I can't do it. It doesn't work that way. I can't yeah. say it any you other way. You can't say North Carolina. Without, North Carolina. Yeah. It just, it that, that's how it comes out. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I was uh, on Monday nights. I can't remember what my start time was. I want to say it was like 6 p.m. or something. But I went until midnight because the station, being an a.m. station, in a dry county with a bunch of Bible Belt people in it, closed at noon or midnight. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I remember we had to play. It was an it was an eight-track wall of um, commercials. Oh, that yeah. was really cool. Yep. Eight-track wall. Yeah, all the pots. Yeah, it was great. And I had to record. All oh, the carts. carts. All the carts. carts yeah. yeah. I had to record pots. all of my interstitials on an eight-track. like in between while the cds were playing and it was these like three or four big 500 disc cds and like the whole computer program would know exactly what to play and when to play it and i was like i don't know what's coming up next so i didn't get that kind of uh oh my god that's not what i recorded the only thing i recorded was the the weather and there was something else uh like little news blurb like the little ticker tape yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And I would have to read that. I'd be like, hi, it's 946, and uh, your weather tonight is going to be clear with a southwesterly wind, and um, I hope you're enjoying your night. Uh, we got some more music lined up. And, and whatever I, you do, don't spit into that, that, that wind. <laughs> don't spit into it. Spit downwind. Yeah, that's right. No, I never never did that. I didn't do anything <laughs> fun on that one. Um, I, did, I did the job as writ. And what I hated was when the eight tracks wouldn't play. Oh, like yeah, something that's would the get, worst. And then it was that loud, loud alarm sound. I'm trying to do homework. You know, because I'm in college, <laughs> and it's a Monday night. And I'm like Just trying to do my homework. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is that? Oh, yeah. I have to change it. Shoot. What is the? <laughs> oh. Whew. It was All only right. about 30 seconds of downtime, but we got there. Um, but then uh, I was a manager of my college radio station, which was 90.5 FM. Right. 
very close to each other, but it was WVMH, the Ooh. voice of Marcel College. Ooh, fancy. And it was in the height of alternative. Um, Even flow. Yeah. And I remember this, this is one little story I'll say from it. I have lots of little stories from this time. I really liked that. Really, really liked yeah. that job. That was my favorite. We had no, I was the manager. So yeah. like it was me and my, my college friend Forrest and he and I both managed it. We started as DJs our freshman year. Then we went, we managed our second yeah. year. Like surprise, here you go, kids. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Congratulations. And I remember Holden was a guy who was our manager before us. And then we had Rod Brombacker, and he was like our TA, kind uh-huh. of cool guy who yeah. just made sure stuff didn't break down, you know. And uh, he, Rod would always play this death metal and acid rock. <laughs> and, yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. That's not my jam. But my, my thing is I liked to play um themes so i would play three songs in a row that had a similar theme yeah so like circles from mighty purple with um circles from Ten Thousand maniacs with uh circle from uh now i can't remember and then you could have done circle of friends by edie burkell yeah i could have but i didn't know that one (laughs) So I, I don't mean to walk around in circles. That's that one. Yeah. Uh, that was the, that was mean to walk around in circles. Um, and that's, that would be the third one that I yeah. played in that. Um, anyway, so it was a wonderful, like that was my really big jam, but I remember corn came out during that time oh, yeah. and they gave us a, a box that was probably, I would say about 12 inches long and CD sized. Um, just filled with singles yeah. of the corn, the uh, nowhere to hide. Yeah. Um, and it, we couldn't give those away. Right. I, it was a private Baptist college. Oh yeah. A very small airwave no, yeah, footprint. Yeah. And I think myself and like maybe 15 other people were listening and that was it. Yeah. And we just, we tried giving them away so much. And I love corn still to this day, but I do remember there was a time where we flung the CDs out the window at the quad, just being like, <laughs> somebody catch this. It's free for you. You know? Anyway, Almost, I love DJing uh, Like stuff. the American online CDs. Um, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. those. Catch AOL. this. Catch this. Who's corn? <laughs> right? <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It was wacky. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. It was. It was. What are you re- gonna do? It was a great time. It was, and the only re- really, it was kind of. I guess it's kind of like that whole thing. We can call it kismet, maybe. Oh, uh, like my cat's name. Like your cat. It was just. It was like I switched to shift with another DJ, who who because we were private DJs too. We actually private party DJ and wedding DJ. Mm-hmm. She basically uh, we switched shifts and they didn't show up for my shift, and so when they didn't show up for my shift. I, it was your shift. I got whacked. Oh, and no. that was that was the end of my radio career. And I thought, you know what, this is probably just meant to be because right after that, I got into radiology school, and that's that's ended up what I, that's what my degree is in. So from radio to radiology. Yeah, the radio. I just stayed sort of in that. It was like, you what just else like can radio. I do that has radio in it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that works perfect. <laughs> 
All right. So now we're back on track. All right. Um, what made you, and so radiology is the, the job that you're kind of doing now, but you're just showing other people how to use the tools for radiology. Is that what it is? So basically it was a springboard. And so I went to, uh, traditional college didn't work for me. I tried traditional college and it was a terrible, uh, five minutes. Same. Yeah. Same as So I got into radiology school sort of kind of by chance. And, um, I was accepted into this really nice, uh, it was a hospital-based program, and so I did two years straight, which was great. You get in, you learn, you get out, and um, it was a springboard into many other things. I mean, at first, I was doing just regular radiology, you know, hands, whatever, you know, hand spine, whatever, you know, you were taking x-rays of. And oh, radiology yeah. is x-rays. Right, radiology so is x-rays. for somebody who's never heard of the word True. radiology before, yes, yes. that's x-rays. Yeah, that's so okay. it's x-ray, x-ray technology. And, and that's, uh, so when you start out with that, you start out with simple things like hands and feet because exactly. they're, you don't have to worry about the lead apron or do you still Always have to worry about it? Always lead apron. Always lead okay. apron, yeah. Radiation is bad. Bad. Yeah. Bad radiation. Yeah. Um, but so I, I loved doing vascular work. So I was very much in, in, so vascular is the study of vessels, the great vessels of the body. Uh, whether they be the heart vessels or the vessels going down the legs or the vessels anywhere in the body. Okay. I was very fascinated with that. And so uh, I wanted to get into the cath lab, the heart cath lab. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my ticket in. And I got into one of the better cath labs down in Beaumont, the St. Elizabeth Hospital. And the director of the program was very, very good. And mm -hmm. I wanted to learn everything I could from him. And uh, it was a trial by fire. Like, you, this, this was a tough program. You mm -hmm. know, they basically were going to whip you into shape. They're going to tear you down and build you up. And, this, wow. and that's what happened. And I became very, very good. <laughs> and uh, eventually, I, I really limited myself out. And I told him, I said, uh, I've got to move on. And I did. I moved on. I, I went to Houston and worked at a bigger cath lab. And I did that for a year, and then the next thing you know, I got into what I'm doing now. So it's been 25 years of medical device, either doing sales or doing clinical work. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah so you're pretty extensive in that. Yeah. It's been field a, now, it's been an awesome trip. It makes that specialist part yeah. really stick out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, through all of this, did you have any odd jobs? Sure. Like, did you have any odd jobs that you had through college or through um, so, any time, any point of your life? I never gave up private DJ work. Um, and it's always been a love. Um, it's me, of course, music being my passion. Uh, I just always have loved to do DJ work. Um, I've always loved to do audio work. Um, and so I've always tinkered with that on side gigs or side hustles or just, you know, in general, just doing it, you know, like I would always ask people like, Hey, do you need a DJ? And they're like, yeah, we can't afford them. I'm like, that's okay. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do a free set for you. And back then it was a little different because I, I didn't understand that this is a trade for some people. For sure. It's a yeah. trade. And, yeah. and when you say, Hey, I'll do it for no charge, you're, you're taking away something from the other people who do it for a living. Right. And right. so I quickly learned that, Hey, no, you gotta, you gotta pay me something, you know, you yeah. have to pay me for my, I mean, the, the equipment alone costs money. Exactly. So, and and I mean, I, it, you're paying for that. 
Yeah, and we both know I'm the king of overdoing it. So yes. it wasn't just a basic DJ setup. Right. Um, but I, I did that. Um, and uh, I've done other things. I mean, I fell in love with fair uh, when I was 21. My sister and that's the Renaissance, Renaissance Fair. Renaissance Fairs, yeah. Which we've talked to a number of people on this podcast so far <laughs> who do the Renaissance Festivals. Right. And so while I was doing my regular job, uh, it afforded me the the pleasure of doing, you know, going to Ren Fairs, Ren Festivals. And really for a long time, I never, you know, I, I dreamed of it. Like I dreamed of being more involved. And uh, eventually I got to a point where I guess RenFest kind of saved me. And um, I got a, I lost my job. I got laid off. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a difficult period. Uh, I was going through a divorce. And so uh, one of the marketing people who's out here at the Texas Renaissance Festival said, hey, let me hire you. And I got on with the media marketing over there. And I didn't do anything fancy or anything mm -hmm. like that. But I, uh, it was a chance for me to get to see behind the scenes. And uh, I loved yeah. it. I really loved it. And so I still do what I do. I, I got another medical job. I mean, I did some I did some other kind of side jobs trying to find a regular job. Like what? So I worked, that's what this is about. Is, that's is true. That's knowing true. what different paths people can take to get them to where they want to be. And I've never been proud. I'm not a proud person. Um, I wasn't like, if I don't get a medical device job, I don't work. That's not how I ever thought about it like that. I thought like I'm in. I mean, I went into Dillard's. I interviewed at Dillard's. I right. interviewed at Guitar Center. Yeah. Uh, although Guitar Center looked at me and went, uh, "No, dude, um, you don't." Uh, yeah. yeah, it was kind of weird. It was. It was uh, okay. I understand. I would think that a Guitar Center would be kind of cool because of the DJ experience. Yeah, and it's no knock against Guitar radio, Center. Yeah, radio experience, but I guess that doesn't necessarily equate to yeah, I mean, guitars I think, and drums. Yeah, because it was, it was one of those. What You'll is, have to know like what a yeah. C chord is and all of the instruments, yeah. probably. It's like, I know how to bang on a drum. Right. But I did some vascular access liaison work. And so what that means is I was working for a doctor's office. And I was basically going out to like dialysis clinics, you know. And dialysis is where they basically flush the kidney. Your kidneys, okay. your kidneys aren't working, and so they basically are flushing all of the toxins out of your body. They yeah. kind of they filter your blood. Wow. And sometimes the stuff that they use in your arm, like the vessel that they use or the access, closes. And so I was working with a doctor who was trying to get that business, and so it was me doing liaison work and going out and just trying to get referrals. Wow. And it was a job. Yeah. It was a job. It's a job. And... um. Well, but you that know, exists. That's something yeah. that somebody could have in the meantime, right? Or, I, or doing their passion on the side. Exactly. Or I mean, that's the thing is, it's like I just knew I had to work. Yeah. I mean, I knew I had to do some type of work, and I didn't care what that was. Right. And so eventually, I got back into doing what I'm doing now with medical devices again. What I'm a, a specialist for. Mm -hmm. um, but I also have connections through the Renfest to where I still you know, work over there and do ambassador work and brand ambassador, sort of the street team. Uh, so I don't get paid for that. However, it pretty much kind of keeps my foot in the door, you know, so to yeah. speak. And then I get to meet people like you. Yeah. And uh, I did sound for you at Sherwood, and that was yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, 
I DJed at Willows at Sherwood. And, uh-huh. and that was a fun night. Yeah. Uh, the one time I went to when you were DJing. <laughs> you, you were dancing like crazy. I was. But it was, it was a fun night. It made me feel good when for, people dance. For me, that particular night was after weeks and weeks of stress oh, because yeah. of the um, the private event that yes. we both worked at. Right. Um, I was the one who directed it, and the direction was kind of sprung on me. Like, surprise, but you're you directing it. you ass at it. Thank you. Um, and so I was able to do it, but I just didn't know that that was going to be my role that year. Yeah. And um, and it was a little stressful mixing that with the already the things that I was doing yeah. that week or the, during the weekends for yeah. work and um, just trying to balance my personal life as well. I was going through some stuff last year and uh, and my best friend actually died on that yeah, night. I'm so sorry. So that, um, that was really, really tough. And so when it came time for that party, I was like, I just have to, I, I have to let it all out. Yeah. And for me, dancing has always been a, a passion yes. of mine, yeah. a passion project. My mom used to say that I never walked anywhere. I only danced there. And that was when I was a little kid. And, uh, and then she put me into some dance classes but when I was uh, when I was in college in North Carolina, I uh, in Asheville. Um, they have great furniture. In Asheville, yes. Huh. Asheville has wonderful furniture. Interesting. Side note. Yeah, I never even thought of it. It's just not just a tobacco state. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I danced. I go go danced uh, before I was even of age to go to the club. Uh, I got in on my my college friend's ID, Elizabeth sure. Head, and of course the person taking the IDs at the door went, huh, "I bet you get jokes about your last name a lot." <laughs> and I went, "Okay." You're like it's Heed, right? It's Heed. I didn't. I was like memorizing her. Like, what was her birthday? What was I'm her Elizabeth birthday? Head. What was her birthday? I'm what Elizabeth was her birthday? Head. What is her address? I can't remember what her address is. Like, <laughs> and they're just like, "I bet you get lots of jokes on your last name." I'm like, "Uh huh." For sure. Let me in. <laughs> I was months away or like a month away from being 18. But anyway, and I, I danced on the floor and I just had a fun time. And I, I was someone who also was connected to music mm. in, in my um, youth, recording audio of, you know, listening to the radio station and recording and quickly as fast as I could. And Bastards, when they talked over the music and you were oh, trying to I hated that. record. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. I hated slash loved it because I also liked hearing their voices too. Yeah. <laughs> but what I hated is not like them being mid-sentence when they pressed play on the song. I was like, oh, you ruined that. Like I would have <laughs> recorded you earlier if I knew this was leading into that. Anyway, um, and... I loved MTV, and my mom did not want me watching MTV. So the only time I could watch it was when I went to a friend's house. Yeah. And, of course, that's where you do all the bad stuff that your parents don't want you to do is at a friend's house. For sure. So I um, I watched MTV, and I learned all of the dances. Sure. Janet Jackson. and The Running Man. Oh, my gosh. The Running Man, the Kid and Play. Oh, like, hell yeah. Kid oh, and my play gosh. Step. Anything Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson. Um, uh, oak Tree. Do a little some Oak Tree. Her, uh, Paula Abdul. Oh, yeah. Like, 
Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, like I, oh. Well, those last two names were not huge dancers, but. Um, they were when I was in uh, elementary I know. school. Electric Youth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was in love with Debbie Gibson. So. Okay, you, you get it. She was going to marry me. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in love with Dana Carvey. We'll talk wow, about that on your podcast. Dana, Car- <laughs> Dana Carvey. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that on your podcast. That's yeah, right. Um, anyway, so I taught myself those dance moves. Yeah. And when I was in college, I I utilized those dance moves. And when it was like the block party time, I would like bust the moves out there and like kick ass. And I had groups of people, you know, just wallflower sitting. I was never in the crowd of dancers. I always went to the back because I was kind of nervous. Like, are my dance moves cool? I don't know. I'm doing exactly what they do in the movie, like in the MTV. Just got to let yourself go. Huh? Just got to let yourself go. Yeah, exactly. Let myself go. And and I did. And then I'd have like the wallflowers going, dang, you're, oh my gosh, you're doing the actual move from the thing. I was like, yeah. So then when I went to clubs, I did the same thing as I kind of stayed. I didn't want to be in the crowd. I wanted to be just behind the crowd or just next to the stage or whatever. And then I saw that you could get up on a platform. Yeah. And I tried that and I loved it. And then you I were cage like, dancing. This is perfect. I never danced in a cage. Oh, okay. Uh, for a movie. I thought that's where we were going. Movie, for a movie I did, but I don't remember which movie that was. But um, Interesting. But I, yeah, it was just like, Stand but that's still here cool, though. And now move your body. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because uh, in movies they just give you a thump track, so you. I don't. I don't. I dance lyrically. I don't dance to the. You beat. don't dance to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can. I can keep the beat, but I like dancing lyrically yeah. more. And uh, and for unfortunately for film and TV, they use a thump track, uh, which is just do 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 do. And they have to reduce that because it messes with the sound yeah. of the thing. So people when they're... Overdub. Yeah, yeah. So it's really dumb. Anyway. It's not dumb. It's not dumb. It's fine. It's not dumb. It's very smart, actually. Uh, so anyway, I liked, I liked go-go dancing a lot. And why did I want to bring this up? There was a reason. We were talking about something. Well, we were talking about... MTV, we were talking Dancing. about music. We were talking oh, and about- then, so when it came time for that Sherwood party that you yes. had, the, the yeah. you were DJing, it was like I hadn't danced like that in a very long time. I hadn't been to a club because this was post-pandemic. Yeah. I, I mean, we're still kind of in it, but this was just last year, 2021. This was, I, I hadn't been to a club by that point in five or, or six years. And it was just a wonderful, I was among people who I was comfortable enough to move my body and I felt okay about it. No, you were great. So everybody, thanks. everybody was uh, busting a clean move. Yes. And yes. it helped that lots I of fun had the lights and, you know, everybody's like, I feel like I'm at a real club on yeah, the outside. It was though. cool. Yeah. Outdoors. Yeah. It was really cool. And I had a great time. I had a great time. You fun. had the perfect speakers. Yes. You had there was a dance floor there That's at Willows. A like a nice a nice wooden dance floor. So yeah, there was no was gravel really nice. or dirt. That was really great. And um I think the only thing we were missing was smoke. We we needed a little bit of Well, a, there was smoke. It just wasn't coming no, no, from no. me. No, no, no. No, I meant the um 
the fog machines. Oh, we were yeah. missing a fog machine. Yeah, had had I had the fog machine, I would have, you know, I'm, I busted that. We out. should bring those next year. You know what though? Uh, fog machines outdoors. Yeah. Just a little bit of breeze and no more fog. Yeah, but it's still fine. It right. can still work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I worked at a haunted corn maze, uh, and we had fog Bragger. machines outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's why I created this podcast because I've had so many weird jobs that I'm sure I could talk to just about anybody. And so it's mostly mostly about you then. It's mostly. it's me and the rest of society. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah and my the, connection with and them. your corn maze. Not my corn maze. It was Stalker Farms corn maze. Oh, I got you. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I didn't own it. <laughs> That'd be really cool if that I did. That'd be really though. cool if you did. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be here having a podcast though if oh, I owned well, a corn maybe maze. Maybe you still would be. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's see. What are some other, what's a, what's one really amazing passion project that you've had in your what, mumble mumble years of um, working, <laughs> having a job ever since 14, 15, whenever that yeah, McDonald's six, flipping job 16. was. 16. 16. Um, so. Oh, uh, wow. Do you have any specific passion project like you were like that wedding was the best wedding no, that well, that one dj thing was the best dj thing i think it, it's funny because um the the real the real passion that i had was the ones the ones that i did uh and and i i have to say too the reason why i got into what i'm doing is because i love to take care of people i love i love to take care of patients and it was always a big bonus to me when we could fix something, you know, that, that we get these patients in who they're literally not going to make it. And well, when we're done, they're going to be fine. You wow. know, that's in those there. There's many, many occasions that I can name. But I think the biggest thing for me is I love my children. Like I have a 26 year old daughter and a 23 year old son. Aww. And doing things for them, like when I DJ their little special events in high school. Uh, and when I did my daughter's Sweet 16, uh, those were probably the most meaningful things that meant so much to me. Because it was wow. like, you know, these these are my children, and I want to be able to do these things that are really cool with them. And, um, and it that, saved you some change. It did. It did. <laughs> but, you know, I got to do my son's band banquets, and I got to, um, you know, I got to do, you know, my daughter's thing in Sweet Sweet 16. Um, but those were meaningful. Like those were yeah. really, cause I mean, the things that I did with my kids, I get gushy about it, but the things that I do for my children mean more to me than anything in the world. And so course, it's, yeah. and I think that's the biggest part of it was like those, the other things about saving patients is really cool, <laughs> <laughs> right, but, right. uh, but it, it, it was really meaningful to me though, to have that time with my kids because, you know, as they get older, you don't become a footnote, but you definitely cats in the cradle. Yeah, it's kind of you know you you just don't get to do the things that you used to, and, yeah. and I do regret the earliest part. I mean, I have regrets about the earlier part of my career because I was so career driven that mm. I traveled a lot. You know, yeah. and my jobs took me away, and um, I just remember one particular time when my daughter was very young and she literally ran to the car and didn't want me to leave, oh. and. Uh, I, I think probably had I been the way I am now, I probably would have been like, you know what? That's it. I quit. You know, yeah. I'll find something else. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought I was really being the provider and that that was what I really needed to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the kids love me and I always apologize to them. And they're always like, you have nothing to apologize for. We had a fantastic childhood. Right. And then when you hear that, you're like, okay, 
you know, because no parent is perfect. Raising a child is not a perfect, there's no, no books. Correct. And so that's been, that's been actually my best and fun job. That's great. I wanted to touch on the, the leaving the portion. Yeah. Um, that was probably very emotional for you. Yeah. Even, even at that time when you were still so career driven, but it's also important that kids have some loss. So when you come back, it's even better. Yeah. And I know that seems like a weird thing to say, but mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of loss in their life. And that helped them understand that a, it's not all bad. It's yeah. okay. And, uh, be like, you came back, you yeah. know, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah. that's the good thing is you showed them, Hey, I've got to go away, but I'm going to be back. Yeah. And I think that was the thing is it's like, it, it, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And I, I don't think I thought about it that way, but, um, you know, when you got on the plane or you were driving down the road and you just, you know, you're weeping like a baby right? and right. you're just like, you know, it's, you miss them as much as they miss you, you know? Right. Right. And when my son decided after he graduated high school, he's like, I'm going to Minnesota. This is where I'm going. I'm going to go to a small little tech college in Minnesota. And I'm going to. Wow. And he left. And he was like, I'm out. I'm out. Out. Yeah. Audi 2000. Mm-hmm. And nine months later, when he graduated from this school, I thought, well, let me go ahead and get the moving van. He's like, no, that's that's not what the plan is. I'm staying. And so now he is a fine Minnesotan. Oh, nice. He's, yeah, how you doing? Um, he's there, and uh, he loves it. You know, he loves living there. He lives in Red Wing, which is a fantastic little town. Okay. Like Grover's Corners. But uh, he struck out on his own. I mean, he got he's out there doing his thing. And That's good. That means you raised him right. Yeah, I'm proud of them. Proud of both of them, though. They're really great. Kids. Do you get to go up to Minnesota to visit them? Yes, I do. I go up and see him uh, probably once a year, and then he comes Good. down once or twice a year. Good. And, yeah, so it works out. You know, yeah. my daughter's not far from here, and my granddaughter's with her. And oh, nice! I'm a G-paw. Yes, yeah, I'm a G-paw. Nice. <laughs> but she's a four-year-old spunky kid like her daughter or her mom. Yeah, and uh, it's just like a carbon copy, and it's so great. You know, but. I, it's like I tell my daughter, it's so great to have a granddaughter, and then I just give her back to you when there's yes, a problem. So right? it's it's really awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the that's the awesome thing about it. Yeah. All right. So in five to ten years, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself um continuing on the path that you have? Oh, and you have a podcast right now, yeah, right? I'm working on that. Okay. So yeah, I have my little. <laughs> you haven't podcast. mentioned that yet. Yeah. But well, that's... well, I don't want to say that. Why but, not? Oh, I just. This is a. This is actually a crossover episode. It's a crossover. <laughs> yeah, because. That's right. I you're think coming. I'm going to be on your. You're going to be on my later. podcast. So, uh, that's true. So this is our. Crossover. After after a little nibble, we're going to get you know get us some nibbles, and then we're going to do a podcast. Yeah. Food. Oh, ingesting sorry. food. Oh, nibbles is you, people not... will take that. I'm I don't sorry. want to take that the wrong no, way. No, and I don't want to sound like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, food. Yes, yep. we're going to have food. We are going to masticate. Yeah. See that? Masticate. That's, that's, anyway. That means to chew your food. So, yes, I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> I started out doing live streaming on Facebook. And uh, so I was oh, using, okay. yeah, I was using, my son had set me up with Streamlabs, which is this streaming program that you can use. And 
it connects you to a lot of different things like Twitch and all that. Because okay. Twitch is, a, you know, everybody does Twitch. Oh, my gosh. It's but so popular. Yeah, I haven't, I couldn't, yeah, my partner's son does Twitch. Yeah, I couldn't figure He's out strange. Twitch. I, I literally, like, wanted to burn the house down. Um, oh. <laughs> but I did Facebook, and I was doing Coffee Talk Live. And mm. um, it was a lot of fun, you know, doing the Coffee Talk Live. You do it mostly on Sunday mornings. And it was just a variety of things, you know, we talk about, you know, soup to nuts. Um, but I decided that I was going to get into doing podcasting. And so now I have ye old dumpster fire podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in five to 10 years. So I have, I think it's important in your career, no matter what you're doing, is to try and set those timelines that make sense. Um, I cannot possibly do what I'm doing forever. As much as I could say, yeah, I'm going to do this until my wheels fall off. Um, <laughs> but I think the thing about it is, is it's important to be able to continue to evolve and grow. Um, and I've done this now for 25 years. And so yeah. at the ripe old age of 52, having a coronary bypass under my belt now that mm -hmm. I'm three weeks recovering from, um, I'm not getting any younger. And the mentality is, is that I'm more mortal now than I've ever felt. And, right, uh, right. because it, it definitely has changed my look. My outlook, it's changed a lot in, in me and my life. Yeah. But I told myself even before this that 55 was my cutoff. Now, I don't have a lot of money in the bank. I'm not super rich. I've always felt like you can't live forever. You're not going to lift, you know, don't save it. Go out there and have fun with it. Right. I don't have any regrets with that. Okay. Um, but uh, 55 is my cutoff. Okay. I will be leaving the medical device career no matter what. And um, after that, it's going to be one of those... Uh, who knows? Uh, I could be a podcaster making some cash. I could be uh, doing more out at Ren festivals. You know, I could be moving down the circuit. You know, I could be doing one of a number of things. But whatever I'm going to do is going to be more uh, the next step. I have a Glowforge. So it's like a laser cutter, engraver. And I make pins with that. Oh, I, cool. I engrave flasks. So, so you could probably have a business, yeah. like a, a vendor booth yeah. at, a, at a Ren Festival. And it's either I sell to the vendors who already have a booth. Oh, that's a good idea, you know, too. Yeah. I can get an Etsy page, which mm -hmm. Etsy is very popular. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, it's going to be a passion project. It's going to be more of the next steps because as much as this industry is lucrative, and it is very lucrative, um, it's also, it'll drive you nuts. Yeah. It'll drive you nuts. Yeah. And it uh, and I've learned how to deal with the stress better, but it's just a transition. So in five to ten years, I'm hoping I'm just doing those passion things. You know, something that makes me happy is more of an entrepreneur. Okay, cool. That sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, we'll um, if if you got to do it all over again with your brains that the way they are now, would you choose the same path? Would you go into radiology sooner? Would you? Um, not, not switch that, uh, shift <laughs> well, with someone and, and lose that radio gig. Yeah. I mean, know? I think, I think that's the thing is if I, if I had it all to do again, but I'm bringing all the wisdom that I have now, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I wouldn't have followed this path. I wouldn't have followed this path. I would have, I would have, uh, done something different. I would have done something along the lines of what you just said. I mean, I would have looked at that whole shift change thing or I would have fought harder. 
even if this shift change thing didn't work out, I probably would have fought a little harder to say, hey, what can I do to what can I do to fix this? Right. Instead right. of just being fired. Yeah. And just being like, oh, well, OK, I guess yeah. that happened. And, the, you know, you you don't know where that path would have taken you. The universe, you know, was is going to guide that path no matter what. Mm-hmm. But it could have taken me into being a celebrity DJ at some point, you know, mm-hmm. along the lines of uh, Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you never know. You know, never you never know. know. Uh, and you look back and say, well, you know, of course you always say, well, if I had done that path, then I wouldn't have had my beautiful children. Uh, but if I'm taking... You might have. Yeah. I, but yeah. if I take that out of the equation, you know, I'd about to have two other beautiful children. Right. Um, maybe I didn't even know them. You know? Or maybe you would have had four. Maybe, yeah. Or who knows? Yeah, who knows? But I think that's the thing is just like I probably would have... I probably would have taken more time to cultivate that, that really big passion that I had. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, maybe had uh, parlayed that into something else, like, you know, doing music produ- production, you know, and things like that. It, there really would have been the sky's the limit sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I think if I had to do it over again, I probably wouldn't have done it. Although it's been fun. There's been a lot of fun things. I think it had been more adventurous to do something else. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I keep meaning to reorganize my questions and so this one is going to be a weird juxtaposition but what is your typical day working in the medical uh, as a senior field clinical specialist if somebody was like yep that's the job i want uh, what is your typical day you've you've woken up you've showered or done whatever you do at home had your coffee whatever you go to work i'm assuming you're going into an office or going to a a location. So I have so, no office proper. Okay. So th- which which what we're sitting in now is the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end of the day, I, I get in the car and I go. And so uh, my backpack holds all my office equipment. Uh, mm. And then I have product that's in the back of my car. Okay. And so if I'm not going to a hospital that has my product already, then I'm using the product that I have in my car to do cases. Um, I generally set my days like the physician will call me or the, the cath lab or the, the operating room will call me and they'll say, Hey, we have this doctor who wants you here for this case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll leave the house at an appropriate time, depending on, so my hours fluctuate. Sometimes okay. I have to be out very early and sometimes I get a little break and I can leave mid mid morning. And then sometimes I get off early and sometimes I work very late. Um, oh, okay. It just depends. It's physician hours, as they say. And so um, I get up. I get my. I always get my coffee. Coffee. I never forget my coffee. Okay. Um, Or my matcha green tea latte with seven (laughs) scoops and soy milk. Oh Um, my goodness! Right. Oh, so good and also great for the bowels. Um, Okay. uh, Just a little side note, but it's you know getting the day going. Sometimes I have to sit and do some paperwork, or I have to finish some training, some educational training that I'm either putting proctoring or I'm doing. You know, for myself. What does proctoring mean? So proctoring is basically like teaching someone else. Oh, okay. So and and sometimes I'll you just proctored me with that proctor. You've been properly proctored. (laughs) Um, Not to be confused with a proctologist, which is not teaching anything. Yeah, that's the colon doc. Gotcha. Um, Right. But, uh, you know, I, so those are, those are my typical days. You know, sometimes I'll put on lunches. I'll do breakfast at times, you know, because I am sort of a rep in a way. So I'll bring in the breakfast, you know, or bring in the donuts. Mm. Mm, 
donuts, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or you know, lunches or happy hours, or even occasionally I'll do physician dinners. Ah. And so it's kind of a it's a varied sort of day, you know. To the day to day, the routine's not always the same. However, in some ways, the burnout is still there, you okay. know, because it's like you're still doing mundane things, yeah. you know. Yeah. And as you begin to understand that fantasy world, which you know all too well about, Mm -hmm. you know, the entertainment, the fantasy, the realm of uh, a different life entirely, Uh it makes you look at your normal world a little differently. Like your mundane world just doesn't seem as cool. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's that part of it, you know, it's still I'm sure DJing does that too. Yeah, like, it is. Know. I mean, these things that I do for my passions and stuff. And then some people are like, well, be careful about turning your passions into a job because they won't seem like passions anymore. They'll seem like real work. And I don't necessarily see it that way. Yeah. Um, but what I do, I'm very good at, you know, I've gotten to a point where I'm just very good at it. And so I don't really have to put a lot of thought process into it. Because I know the docs, I know my yeah. hospitals, yeah. I know my territory, and so when I walk into these places, it's more about me just making a social visit than it is about me doing mm. other things. And every cool. once in a while, I have to put my brain—I have to put my brain hat on. But right, right, all right. We are at our final question. Oh, I know. Uh, it's more of a purr than a drum roll. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry, okay. my cat's been rubbing off on you. Apparently. <laughs> um, Kismet, calm down. Uh, <laughs> all right, so last question that I have for you is, what do you have as far as advice for anyone in the medical industry or not in the medical medical industry who might want to get into becoming a senior field clinical specialist? So a lot. So in our field now, there's actually more just college grads, um, which is probably more poison in the well than, than not. Um, I think a lot of them uh, go to school with that intent of becoming a sales rep and making that money because it is lucrative, um, but it's hard to break in. Um, mm. And so I got in at a very fortunate time. I had no real, I didn't have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree. And I kind of got pulled in just because I knew a lot about what I was doing. You know, I had the expertise. And I think that's lost. You know, I think that's lost on what we do now because they're more about, well, do you have a bachelor's degree? No. Well, if you don't have a bachelor's degree, yeah, but I have a CV. I have a resume full of everything that you would need. And you get turned away because of that. And so I would tell the person who's trying to get into the medical device industry in general, if they're trying to do sales or do clinical, um, you know, don't just go to college to just learn business you know, or just learn, like, there's some people who just have a kinesiology degree. What's kinesiology? It's just like, well, it's, it's just like PE, you know, it's physical oh. education, it's physical, you hmm. know, it's physical, kind of an early physical therapy, sort of, but it's, okay. it's kinesiology. Huh. Um, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, uh, I remember one time they asked a basketball player, like, you know, do you, are you in school for kinesiology? He's like, no, PE. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So, and they were like, no, kinesiology. He's like, yeah, PE. No, I don't know what she's saying that for. Okay. Uh, but at the yeah. end of the day, uh, do clinical, do something clinical that's still going to get you a bachelor's degree. You'll have both. You know, you'll have, yeah. you'll have that clinical background and you'll have that. Um, 
sometimes you get lucky and you can break in. It's a matter of who you know. And, and I would say that's one thing that people need to realize is be outgoing. Mm. Don't, don't just think that it's going to come to you. It's not that simple. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. You've got to rub the elbows. You've got to show the drive that you want the job. And people will see that and they'll recognize it. Now, there's also ways of, you know, if you really want to get your name out there, of course, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and LinkedIn has many tools. Not that I'm trying to plug them or they pay me for it. Right. And the other, there's other um, services where you can talk to headhunters like medreps.com. Hmm. And medreps, medreps.com you pay a monthly fee, but it, it gives you the ability to get in with these headhunters and actually kind of get you chipping away at getting a job. But I would say definitely <laughs> learn those clinical backgrounds. You know, they have a pacemaker school now where you can actually go to learn pacemakers. And so, oh, wow. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's ways of getting in. But I would say the biggest part of it is, is, you know, just continue to have the drive because it's just not going to fall in your lap. Okay. That's, that is such great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. All right, so we are going to wrap it up now. Here we go. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Cassie Townsend. Theme song is Wrapped by Greg Lestratz. Chris Kempton is our associate producer. Support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash workhistory and join supporters like Cindy Messner and Mel Kelly. Show notes have additional information on Kyle Napkin. Remember to rate, review, share, and subscribe. After all, what's your work history?